Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The NBA starts tonight. Well, selected portions. And fewer selected portions than we previously expected. It was supposed to start with the number one pick versus defending champs. Now the defending champs lost Kawhi Leonard, so... But still, hey, we're going to see Zion Williamson. And now we're not, because he's had knee surgery and he's out 68 weeks. Okay, it's just cartilage surgery. This may not mean anything in the long run, but I think we all get a little nervous when players have any injuries early in their career, especially big guys, you know, and they run, they jump, and, of course, that's, uh, depending on the guy, 250 to 275 to 300 pounds coming down, and you need all the cartilage you can get. As a guy who had cartilage taken out of his knees in, the, in his uh, 20s, trust me, you need all the cartilage in your knee you can get. My knee swells up at the drop of a hat. Hopefully he'll be fine. Tim Duncan went through this early in his career. It worked out great. Obviously, other guys have been sidelined by foot injuries and knee injuries. It's just no way to kick off your rookie season, quite frankly. But uh, Zion Williamson on the sideline as the Pelicans play the Raptors tonight. And then it's the Lakers and the Clippers with uh, you know all the big names who either force trades or use free agency to get to L.A. Jazz and Thunder tomorrow. We're going to talk a little college football right now. PK was up at the U a couple times yesterday. He spoke with uh, Kyle Whittingham at the press conference, and there's a little bit of comedy, and we'll get to that later in the hour. But he also talked with Utah wide receiver Solomon Enos. Here's their conversation now. I'm here not with Curtis Enos, but Solomon Enos. You've probably heard that a few times, huh? Mm-hmm. All the time, all the time. <laughs> your dad being a, a former NFL player. Well, this is your sophomore season, correct? Yes, sir. How do you think it's going? Uh, it's going good so far. Uh, the team's doing really good, six and one. Uh, can't complain. We're in a good position, and you know we're just we're really successful right now. How much different, or how much better do you think you are as a receiver from your freshman to your sophomore season? Um, from freshman to sophomore year, I've grown definitely more as a person. Mainly, you know, that was my big goal, just to grow as a person, mature more, just be that guy that my teammates can rely on. Uh, but you know, I think I've taken a bigger role in this team, especially being on special teams. Uh, but you know, I think I just become a better teammate. So that special teams, you're on kickoff coverage, right? Yes, sir. And Saturday night, there was a little thing going on there. What was that all about? Uh, I'm not sure. It's just a football play. I don't know what the coaches were thinking, but at the end of the day, it's football. Was it maybe because you're, and it was obviously against ASU, you're a Phoenix kid. Anything there, do you think? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I wish I knew the answers to that, but then again, it's football, and then I was going to get healed up and just move on to next week. So were you surprised? Uh, I mean, like I said, it's football. Anything can really happen. I was surprised when it happened, but at the end of the day, it's football and things happen. So he, I don't know of this. I'm not going to ask you. We'll see what you think. Do you think they were, I don't know if targeting is the right word, but that thing just didn't come out of nowhere where they kick off and they come up and try to level you. That was something that they had to have planned, right? Right. Uh, I think they went to the week planning that. Uh, you know, a couple, so me and my teammates behind me, like on kickoff, I think we're the most disruptive on the kickoff unit. So I think they plan to stop us because we're always the ones that's down there faster than everyone else and we're the one making tackles. But, you know, it's definitely planned and, you know, like I said, football, things happen. Oh, so that makes sense. If you're one of the guys who gets down there and they got that IU kid who was a pretty good returner, so try to take out one of the better tacklers or one of the better guys who can get downfield first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. All right. Were, but uh, you were down, weren't you? I was. I mean, after the hit, I was out. Like, Oh, you were? Well, I came back in because, you know, uh, I didn't, especially it being ASU, you know, I felt like I had to come back in and, you know, just – 
support my team and you know I didn't want to set out and just cower it out I mean it hurt but I wanted to go back in and just you know play now when you say especially being ASU because that both you guys were are at the time were vying for conference or division leadership as far as first place or are you saying because it was your hometown team um mainly just for the team just us winning that game that game was so important to us right. you know uh, we're just trying to win that Pac-12 South and go to the championship and that game was crucial yeah okay so as far as playing special teams is that new did you do that in high school uh I mainly returned the ball in high school you know I was just a, that athletic kid I could do anything on special teams but coming here you know it's a different viewpoint of what it was in high school so you know I just embraced that role and if I have to do that to make the team successful then I'm going to do it so did they come to you or you go to them they came to me so last year I was on punt return starting on punt return as a freshman you know I was one of the guys blocking you know I liked it and then this year they put me on everything because they can rely on me so you're on all special teams then yes sir Oh, cool. So that's given you uh, a little bit of uh, more, what, maybe more involvement in the game? Exactly. And plus, if I want to go to the NFL, that definitely boosts my resume. Yeah, good thinking. As far as the receiving, uh, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the receivers as a whole, even with Britton Covey being out, seem a little bit better this year. Um, you know, I think we have everyone that can make plays at every position uh, with Covey or without Covey. Covey's a tremendous athlete. You know, he adds value to the room. And even when he's not in the game, you know, he's in the meetings helping us out. But at the end of the day, I think we have a lot of athletes in that room. And then how about Tyler Hundley? From our perspective, it seems like this kid is really at the top of his game. You've been with him now your second year. What do you think and what have you seen? Uh, he's definitely grown as a leader and as a person. I mean, coming in last year, you know, I just looked up to him and, you know, he took care of me. And this year, I just he took another step that I never thought he could take. You know, he just impressed the nation. I mean... We knew he could do this, and now the nation sees it. Yeah, so that's got to be exciting as a receiver, knowing that his uh, accuracy really basically is as good as it gets. Exactly. I mean, we just get open, and he puts us in the position to make a play. And so you're looking maybe as you get, what do you got, five more games? Maybe have a little bit more uh, opportunity, do you think? Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just going to play my role, play my part, and whatever happens, happens. How does that work as far as, you know, you got a, a fairly deep group of receivers as far as who gets what? Uh, just patience and just work. I mean, whoever's starting, we're going to help them out. And, uh, you know, if anyone goes down, we have someone fill their place right away, and there's no drop-off. So that is just a really good thing to have. In today's world, it seems like, you know, with the transfer portal and everything, if kids aren't getting immediate satisfaction, they look to take off. We've seen it in a number of cases. How do you handle being patient and waiting for your time, your turn, that type of thing? Just trust the process. You know, coming here, I knew I wasn't going to give in, uh, have anything given to me right away. I had to earn it. And, you know, it, it's taken long than I expected, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to ride for it if the team's doing good and, you know, we're heading the right direction. Parental guidance maybe help? Uh, a little bit, for sure. I mean, my parents have been in my ears a lot. And, you know, Coach Holiday, I see him as another father figure. So he helps me out a lot. But they keep me grounded, you know, just focus on what I really want to do. So uh, what's the message? You know, just keep working hard, bide your time, that, that situation? Pretty much. And then whatever happens, happens. If it's meant to be, it is. If it's not, then it's not. So you don't deal with any form of discouragement? Not at all. It's all figuring... I imagine it's all got to be figuring the team is doing so well. That's got to make it easier if you're not getting 10 catches or whatever a game. Yes, sir. Yeah. How do you, with so many big games, particularly, you know, two weeks ahead with Washington and all that, how do you guys keep your focus on what's right ahead of you? Uh, we just got to come every week and just prepare like it's our last game. 
uh, you know, I feel like these past two weeks we've prepared for uh, very well. You know, just preparation is key. I mean, we got to come out here and work and not mess around, and we got to take what we want seriously. Do you think that that stems from losing at SC? Maybe have a refocus or a sharper focus? Um, I think we were focused before that game too. Uh, we just had a couple hiccups, and you know, right when we came back, it was just more motivation. You know, I think that's still carrying around this uh, facility, and you know, we want bigger and better things. Do you look at the standings at all? No. So do you? Th- I don't want to say obsessed, but do you think about SC holds the tiebreaker, so they need to lose a game in order for you guys to win the division? Obviously, it's there. It's in the back of our mind. But then again, if we lose, then it doesn't matter. So we have to keep winning and, you know, just hope whatever happens, happens. How fun is winning? Because this team is on the verge of cracking in the top 10, you know, 6-1, and one, everything. It seems like everything is going well. It is. It's very fun. I mean, but then again, it's I feel like it's to be expected around here, just from spring, winter conditioning, summer conditioning. You know, we put in a lot of work, and especially with the guys that we have we have a lot of sacrifice with these people you know just putting the time the effort so I think the results are paying off so you I'm sure you had other options is how much did winning factor into you choosing to come up from Arizona to stay here in Utah um, I just looked at it as a grow as a bit like a bigger person, you know, uh, football is going to be there. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to come here, kind of go away from home, grow as a man. You know, I trusted Holiday to develop me. So hopefully I can make it to the league after I get my degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a, a plan for the future. What are you studying? Uh, right now, business management. How far along are you? Uh, I'm pretty in there and it's pretty hard. So. Is it? It is, for sure. Well, then, I imagine, you know, I grew up in Phoenix myself. Uh, I, I would think that you enjoy summers up here a little bit more. Uh, I think I like summers back home a little bit. You do? Mm-hmm. Hey, isn't it too hot? No. I, I mean, it's hot, but it gives you an excuse to go in the lake or the pool, you know? So. Okay, what lake? Uh, probably Lake Pleasant. That's mainly, Lake Pleasant? That's, that's the main spot. Okay, out on the northwest side. Yeah, that's pretty close to where, where I grew up. So do you stay up here in the summers? You know, because you, what's, the, what's the routine debate? Because I'm, I'm sure you have to do your workouts. Right, so I stay out here. Uh, most of the time we get a week off or... Uh, a couple days off, I'll just fly home. It's only an hour flight. Right. So I'll do that in advance and just go home and chill. Okay, don't tell me you like the winters up here better than the winters down there. No, I, <laughs> I don't like the snow at all. I don't like driving in it. I don't like driving with people in it. I'd just rather stay home in the winter. So you just have to bide your time then. Exactly, exactly. And, and if you make the NFL, hope it's a warm weather team. And I get a nice car with some wheels on it that can make it in the <laughs> snow. All right. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Here's PK with Solomon Enos, the Utes wide receiver. Also, Tyler Huntley spoke with the media after practice, and he said uh, he is definitely playing. He, he made no bones about it. So whether he's 60% or 85% or 100%, we'll all find out together on Saturday. But he's going to play. All right. When we come back, Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach with PK and I next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good. Now, I know you never play the perfect game, 
But did you have to work harder to find mistakes to talk to the guys about to clean up to keep them improving? Because on the surface that looked that looked pretty good. Oh, yeah, there's always plenty to to clean up and uh, great teaching moments when you win and you can teach. Obviously, um, so we'll take advantage of those. But you know, I thought the. The team played hard, and the th- one of the biggest things we need to realize now is that we need to have complete games, um, and we need to have all three phases really contribute in a positive way. And that doesn't happen every snap, every moment, every drive. But uh, you know, moving forward in the teams that we're playing, Air Force this week obviously is the task at hand. You know, all three phases need to continually work to improve and continually work to absorb their game plans and then be productive. Uh, consistently on Saturdays, um, if we're going to continue, you know, winning football games. And so it was, it's good games, great to get the win. Um, you know, I thought we had some kids step up in all three phases and do some very positive things. But uh, you know, lots to work on, like you mentioned. It's great, great time to teach, as it always is uh, after victories. What is your assessment of Gerald Bright's assessment that the offense didn't play well? The offense needs to play better. Um, if we're going to put ourselves in the position to, you know, do what we want to do again, like it sounds like a broken record here, but it's just in in those moments. You just just take our three conference games and we sit down, and at the end of the day, that's uh, our goal every day is to play well in conference games and compete for championships and play meaningful conference games in the in the month of November. I mean, that is our number one goal, um, and we need to when the game is tight in those scenarios, those situations, we need to play better on. Uh, offense and you know that doesn't mean our defense is lights out every single snap but uh, there's plenty to improve on there but you know, offensively we expect to be a you know a machine that uh, you know puts up points stays on the field one of the biggest things that we have to improve on it's not overall points it's not you know yes there's a drop ball here that we can play better at this spot we can protect better we can throw it better we can run the ball better the bottom line is 15 or 17 drives in the last game or one minute we're under two minutes um, that's not good that's not helping your defense that's not helping your football team win games and that's something that we need to look at and we need to stay on the field uh, more and get the defense a chance to breathe, not play as many snaps. And I understand we're a pace offense, but a pace offense is a detriment to the team when you're out there for less than two minutes, 15 or 17 drives. That's not do- – and that, to go back to the LSU game, it wasn't much different. So we have to improve in that area. It will cost us, and it will cost us games. So part of the problem is you score too quick, too. I mean, Gerald's not going to take uh, a knee. If, if after... that was the problem, when the, yeah, if that's, if that's the problem in the first half, we're scoring too quick. Then I'll go ahead and I'll take that. Um, but that's not the case. You know, consistently on offense, we have to be able to. Now later in the game, it was in the fourth quarter that was the case. We were scoring very quickly on offense and having big plays. But like I say, we need to do that more consistently. So, um, you know, it's it's not. It, it's just opportunistic times, and it's it's simple to sit here and say, hey, just. You know, connect the dots, put the pieces of the puzzle together, what have you, wherever it may be. It, it, we need to to get that done um, to be able to again contend. And we could all hide from it and say, well, it's okay and it's all just going to work out. But that's not what coaches do, and that's not what competitive players do. They come in and fight, and they want to continually get better. And that's what all three phases should be doing today. And and we will. We'll walk out there at two o'clock on the practice field, and we'll we'll grind to get better and and uh, make good better hopefully and make average uh, good and that's that's our goal as we walk into practice jordan loves this interception to touchdown ratio isn't very good this season you talk about making average look better and all that stuff what needs to happen there well it's, it's the whole crew um absolutely yeah there's there's three opportunity opportunities excuse me in in the uh 
really the first two drives of that football game that uh, if we connect, two of them are touchdowns, um, and we didn't connect, so they're not touchdowns, but they're there. There's another one where we, uh, you know, clip heels and we're, we're wide open again if, if, if things work out. So we get two of the three of those, which those are technically layups, really, if you will, at the end of the day. We need to make those plays. Um, there's some drop balls that uh, we have to be able to make. There's some protection issues that we have to be able to get cleaned up. And then the other thing is we need to get rid of the football. You know, there's times when we need to get back there. We need to get our progressions, and that's all of us. That's that's uh, the receivers breaking it off so Jordan has the confidence to get the ball out to him. That's Jordan seeing it and ripping the ball. Jordan sitting back and, you know, feeling great about, hey, set hut, I got the snap, let's go. And, uh and 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 just you know play looser I think is another thing that can really help us. So Jordan is uh, he's a great quarterback and we're looking for him to do great things and, and lead us to a position to be able to win games. And this week we're going to play against an aggressive defense that will give you some things, but you better take advantage of them because it's going to close off very very quickly as far as the way they they get after you when you throw the ball and they're an aggressive defense that plays very hard. They showed that every game this year and they showed it every game last year from what I've seen. So did Scarver wreck everything as he returned his last kickoff now? They're not kicking Did anywhere near him. Are they going to kick anywhere near him the rest of the way? He's returned his last kickoff. Uh, yeah, um, probably not. You know, I mean, he's he's special. But what he does when he gets his hands on the ball back there. But you know, I mean, there's there's sometimes when you just uh, you kick it deep and you don't think he's going to do it. And people have done that a couple times, and he brings it out when it's you know five yards deep, four yards deep, uh, maybe sometimes even seven or eight yards deep. So. Yeah, he makes good decisions, and I think it's important to point out the other kids around him did a tremendous job. You know, the special teams player of the game this week for us is that whole kickoff return unit. Um, and Savon would be the first one to say, yep, let's give it to all those guys. And obviously he's included in that, but uh, there's some great blocks and just a, a great buy-in from those kids to say, hey, if we just, just get on this guy and give him a crease, he's going to hit it for a big-time play, which he did again. So I don't suspect many people will kick to him. Uh, I think there's enough proof now to show that He's uh, he's special at what he does, and he's fun to watch. I know, Gary, this is none of your concern, and you're probably not even thinking about it, but Troy Calhoun of Air Force made a comments a couple of weeks ago about maybe the conference not being a good fit. I mean, they've been a staple in the Mountain West for since day one. Have you heard anything to what he was talking about, alluding to? No, I've never even heard that, actually. He said that after a game? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't, it was kind of crazy. It was after the Fresno game, and I just, I just, I mean, obviously we follow the Mountain West. I was just wondering yep. what what was up with that. Yeah. I maybe I might know. have heard I something. I, I, I think all of us in in uh, Utah that have a past in Utah and the WAC, and yeah. now the Mountain West would all say that uh, Air Force is a natural and a great right. fit for our conference. So, um, don't really look forward to playing that option stuff. But hey, that it's kind of it's 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 uh, the coach. You look at it and been doing this for a long time and in the very similar conference difference names but it's very similar um they're a great they're a great fit in this conference what they bring and you know, our kids are going to go there they haven't been there before it's a great atmosphere to go and and uh you know playing a game and you know the little things the planes flying over just being there on in the academy and all the things that come with it playing against those guys i think they're a great fit for our conference yeah you know i've been over there many many times and you always felt like you're at some place different when you're on that campus no doubt. I, I agree 100%. Our kids that have been there would, would, would share that, too. And it, it's, uh, you know, I haven't been there for a while, so I'm looking forward to it. And this uh, playing against a really good team who plays the way good Air Force teams do. Is your defense built? I mean, it's always a different kind of test. Is your defense built, you think, to handle this? 
Well, I, you know, we're going to go in and have the scheme that uh, we play and show them, hopefully show them some different looks that uh, they've seen and haven't seen. Uh, Personnel-wise, you know, I think we've got some opportuni- opportunities to, uh, you know, match up fairly well as far as good against good. And this is the thing about this Air Force offense that is different is there's there's truly weapons in the throw game. I mean, truly weapons that are real weapons. And it shows up every single week. And a quarterback that's made very, very good decisions, a couple quarterbacks have made very good decisions and um, within the throw game, within the run game, and then their, their wings, their you know option guys, their pitch guys, if you will, in simplest terms, are very fast. Um, fullbacks, big and physical. Offensive line is is uh, much bigger than I remember back in the day. It seems like they used to be, you know, 260, 270, to maybe 280. Um, and uh, they're big boys now that uh, move around, and um, they they must fly in cargo planes or something because they're big dudes. So, and they're and they're good athletes. So I think that Troy and his staff have done a tremendous job of recruiting on offense, defense, and special teams. And this is this is one of those Air Force teams you look at and say. You know they're they're really good in all three phases, but this offense is is just clicking. Which you can see the last couple of games they scored. I think um, every time they get the ball in the first couple three drives, they just crank her down the field and knock out points and away they go. So difficult challenge, but we'll get them matched up with our best guys on their best guys and see what happens. I think one of the hallmarks of a good program is consistency. You look what Kyle has done for many years at Utah, and you you know what you're getting. It's virtually every game, you know. And I and I look at like BYU the other night, and I'm sure you, at least cursory, you're obviously playing at the same time, but you're going to have to play Boise later on. And and they come up with this phenomenal effort that I don't think I had seen this year, even in their victories, and it led them to a big upset win. How do you go about making sure from a coaching perspective that you have that level of consistency that you need to be successful virtually in every game? You know, that that is a tremendous, tremendous challenge, and that's something that – you know, one of our major goals here is is to do that year after year after year, and it's uh, you can sit and talk about it, and it, but it's the core of your program, um, in my opinion. It obviously goes to recruiting, and has to do with injuries, it goes to all the stuff that comes with it. You have to overcome many, many different things to be able to be a you know a consistent football team, um, and we're looking forward to grinding over the years and. Um, the year at hand is the most important year, obviously, for the seniors and the fans and everybody that's involved. But consistency is something that you want to be very prideful of as a program. Um, and what consistency to us is basically, again, getting to those words of saying that you're playing meaningful games in the month of November. Um, that means you consistently getting to things that matter late in the year. Does it always mean you win a championship? No. Does it mean you're playing good football? It must because you're playing, you know, games that uh, are high-impact games late in the year. So uh, that's that's where we want to be. That's where we want to continue to work to get into that position. And, you know, if we can get a couple more, we'll definitely be in that position to be playing those meaningful games late in November. Um, how you do that, I think it's just you just grind through your core of your program. You know, you have your ideas, your beliefs, your thought processes. And um, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you get a fortunate role. But I think a lot of those times those fortunate roles come through the hard work and the dedication and you get rewarded for your hard work sometimes so you got rewarded for the hard work saturday night and you're playing in a conference Mm -hmm. where if you're playing meaningful games between logan and boise and laramie and fort collins i should throw colorado springs in there too you're going to play a lot of bad weather games and they sometimes Mm -hmm. have 
you know, they require a different mentality sometimes. They, they, the games just play out differently. Do you draw a lot on how soundly you beat Nevada going forward? Or is there a lot of that, you know, the offense has got to be better and the drives aren't long enough and you really aren't drawing that much, much confidence from it? Well, I think you look at, I think you look at, the whole picture and if you're going to sit back and just run away from what is good or run away from what is bad and not communicate it to your team then you're not being a real coach um i think you're you know you're you're just you're sitting there and hoping it'll all work out so having those discussions of where we need to get better kids know having those discussions where we're playing well kids know um they absolutely do and that's like looking at a film and uh, you're not playing hard as a football team and uh you know, you don't talk about their effort. You have to be able to communicate about those. So this this crew of kids, they're they're not afraid to listen to what um, we believe as coaches is good and bad and indifferent and great. Um, we do it every single week. We do that in our in our champions meeting. We do that when we win. We do that when we lose. Um, we do it after practice. So I think you have to discuss it. You have to look at it and see. But as far as bad weather goes, you know, we've had a couple games that this last game was not bad weather. When it was bad, bad warming up weather, it was you know bad two hours before the game. But we came out and it was it was cool. Um, but it was uh, some snow on the on the ground, some ice. But it went away and that was good. The, the Colorado State game was very difficult. I think that you know as you match yourself, you are so very correct that bad weather games. As you go through time, you better look at them, be able to exist, offense, defense, and special teams, and play a good team game in that setting. And sometimes that requires you to play a little bit slower on offense. And you know, those are things that you evaluate in the off season. I think if we look back and say, hey, who are we? What are we going to be? How can we best recruit ourselves to again get ourselves to be what we talked about just a few minutes ago, which is a consistent program. It's not. You just don't want to be a flash in the pan and be a great team here, and then be an average team for two or three years, and then come back and be a potentially a great team again. And you want to be consistent and. Um, that's what we're trying to get done. So within that consistency, how much can you tap into emotion? I think emotion in football is uh, built throughout the year. Game day emotion is overrated, um, me. And I think if you have a team that comes out and, you know, you always, oh, well, you started slow, were you flat, were you not excited? All that stuff is built before the year. Um, there is no rah-rah speeches. There is no, you know, kumbaya, let's go do that. I don't, I don't believe in any of those things. I believe that is done throughout the year. And, yeah, do we tell the kids to let's go do this thing and bond together and enjoy every moment and you only get 12 of these guarantees and all those things that we talk about, those things are important that we talk about. But it's not, you know, yell and scream and punch yourself in the face before a game as a coach to get a kid excited to play. That doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make kids play harder. It doesn't make them better. You know, ultimately, you're teachers, you're a coach, you coach with emotion during the week. And I tell our kids all the time, you know, our game day for our coaches is today, tomorrow, and the next day. And then we clean it up on Thursday for a pregame. But that, those are our game days. Our game days as coaches are not Saturday. So if we're sitting there, we're different on Saturday than we are uh, Tuesday. It's because on Tuesday and Wednesday and Monday, those are our game days. We better be right on top of things in that moment and uh, get the kids prepared to go have their game day. So emotion better be carried through every game, all 12 weeks. Um, it's something that you learn in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and then you execute it in September, October, November. Gary, we appreciate a few minutes, and we'll be watching that Air Force game. That should be a good one. Thanks a lot. It will be. Two very good teams playing. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Go Aggies. There's Gary Anderson, head coach of the Aggies, getting ready to play Air Force. The youths are getting ready to play Cal. We'll take you up to Kyle Whittingham's press conference next. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK and I were up at Kyle Whittingham's press conference yesterday. We're going to play that for you. There's a lot of stuff about Arizona State. There's a lot of stuff about the Cal Bears. There's also some stuff about HBO and Gilligan's Island. So brace yourself for that. Here's Kyle Whittingham's press conference. Okay. Um, as far as last week's game, uh, really outstanding effort by our defense. I think we covered all that in the postgame stuff, and, and it was good to get a win. Um uh, Two good football teams going at it, two ranked teams, and so it was a, uh, you know, a, a uh, like I said, a good performance by our defense. Uh, turned the ball over four times, and I w- was able to overcome that, which doesn't happen very often. So, so we move on. Um, new new challenge this week, Cal Berkeley. Um, as far as uh, the injuries in the game, none were season-ending, and so that's the you know that's the the only statement we'll have about that is that none, none of them were season-ending, and and. Uh, which is good news for us. Um, you know, back at home this week again uh, against Cal. They've had uh, some ups and downs this season. Started out, you know, four and zero, big win uh, against the Huskies, and uh, as of late, uh, you know, have not uh, been able to continue that success. They've they've dropped a few, but but uh, we know they're a good football team. We know that uh, they play outstanding defense, and. Uh, we're gonna, you know, they'll have all our attention this week, just like, just like every week. You know, there's no looking past anybody. There's no uh, having being distracted by, you know, what's going on throughout the rest of the league as far as who's position where. It's it's all completely focused on uh, the Bears, and that's that's where we're at. So questions. Kyle, um, talk about if you watch the film of the game and that about your defense and the, maybe the job Morgan Scowie's done this year. Uh, yeah, defense played outstanding. Like I said, the numbers were as good as I can ever remember, as far as uh, just from a statistical standpoint. Uh, I thought the plan was very good going in, but again, the plan's only as good as the players that are executing it. And the players did an outstanding job. Um, you know, the front four applied pressure all night long. Uh, the back end was was outstanding, obviously, with the four completions on the entire night for 25 yards. I mean, that's that doesn't happen in this day and age of college football. So, so that was uh, outstanding. And Morgan's uh, doing a great job with those guys. Morgan and his staff. You know, it's not just a one-man show. It's it's Morgan and the entire defensive staff. But again, it all boils down to players. That's the that's the bottom line. Is is your your players, their talent level, and uh, their uh, you know, just their mentality, the the commitment that they have to what you're doing. Jason Shelley obviously got the the start last year when Tyler went down. What's what's been the difference this year where he's been splitting reps with Drew? Well, Drew has really progressed, and uh, it's pretty much a week to week thing. Uh, they've they've jockeyed back and forth for that number two spot, and uh, you know, Coach Ludd uh, this past week thought that Drew had had the better practice week and so he got the he got the uh, the nod when, when Tyler went down and later in the game when we wanted to uh, maybe up the dose of the Q run game because we were running the game 
you know, not not a four minute offense, but but just try to take some clock off. Uh, Jason is is the better quarterback run guy, so that's why we made the switch in the in the next couple series or the next series or the next time that Tyler exited, I should say. Over the past three games, your defense has allowed opponents to convert just 18% of their third down opportunities. Uh, how much of that is, how much of that success rate is due to what you're doing on first and second down as the defense? A lot of it, you know, um, you know, third and third and eight, third and nine is a lot easier to defend than third and one or two. And so, you know, first and second down have a great deal to do with your third down success. Um, so, yeah, the answer is it has it has a lot to do with them. We, you know, and, and that really stems from people not being able to run the ball. If they can't run the ball effectively, then you're going to find they're going to find themselves in third and long a lot more often than than if the run game is is uh, you know producing. What have you seen on film from uh, Cal's uh, star player on defense, Evan Weaver? Great player. I got a lot of respect for him. I've been watching him uh, all season long. You know, just whenever you, you watch, turn the turn the games on on the weekend, you can see him uh, playing. He's a he's a big, physical, tough linebacker, and uh, makes a lot of plays. And I think he's a tremendous player. We think he's a tremendous player. Herm Edwards said he apologized to you after the game for the way they mm -hmm. played on some plays. What was your takeaway from the whole nature of the game? I just was, uh, you know, I thought it was. Uh, Class act on him, or class move on him to apologize. I got no take on the rest of the stuff. I mean, I don't ever want to get into that. Um, it was a physical game, hard-fought game. Uh, I'm not going to whine about anything or complain about anything. It's just a, a good physical game. Kyle, I don't know if you've have you been able to watch the HBO behind the series with ASU and Florida, any of that stuff? No, I have not. So my question to you is, if HBO theoretically came to you and said, we want to spend a week with you behind the scenes, would you be receptive to that? Where are you kind of on the in-season? Uh, I'd be receptive if I didn't have to be in it at all. <laughs> but, but if I had to be in it, then it would probably be debatable. So, But I, I, when is it on? I didn't even know anything. <clears throat> Wednesday nights. My wife won't let me have HBO, so <laughs> Scre screwed there. Uh, going back to the quarterbacks, if Tyler wasn't able to go, who would be most likely to start of the other two? And then just what strengths does, it, does Drew give you as a quarterback that we don't know about? If Tyler wasn't able to go, um, it will be a, a comp it would be a competition. It will be, would be. Uh, and like I said, it's every week. It's not just if Tyler's healthy. You know, we got to know who number two is every week. And... Uh, Drew Lisk is an absolute student of the game. He, he's got complete understanding of the offense. And, and when I say these things, it's not that Jason doesn't, but I'm just giving you Drew's list. Uh, he's accurate throwing the football. You know, it, it looked like he wasn't accurate on the one route at the sideline. That was a, a, a incorrectly run route. You know, the route was supposed to break out, and the ball actually was where it was supposed to be, but the route didn't match up with it. Uh, let's see, he threw three balls. He had a nice check down to Zach on the one that he really got whacked on. And then uh, it was a catchable ball on the other one, the, the post route. And so uh, Drew's accurate, um, really good decision maker. Uh, Jason, more athletic, better runner. And of course, you got a good idea what Jason's about last year and the extensive playing time that he got last year. What? <laughs> Do you, do you expect to have to defend a QB run game this week? Well, I think that's an every week thing, just about an every week thing. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the backup 
you know, they're playing with it back and not exited. It might be in a concussion protocol thing. We're not sure what's going on with that. So, so there's a chance we could see the freshmen. Uh, and, but yeah, you got to prepare for that every week. That's something that that uh, that element is almost always present week in and week out. With Cal's defense, you already talked about one of the standout players, but it seems like they know they're under the gun every week and they know, you know, the offense with a quarterback injury, you know, they and they just don't seem to flinch. Why so consistent across the board? What have they got? Well, Coach Wilcox is an outstanding defensive coach. He's, he's had a lot of success throughout his career as a D coordinator, and he is uh, just a, a really – outstanding defensive mind and and uh, you can see his influence and feel his influence on the defense and they just take a lot of pride in what they're doing and you know that's you know and when you have a, a team that's united you don't really get down on one side of the ball or the other I mean you just keep playing hard and that seems to be what they do they just they're they don't care about what uh, you know what success or lack of the offense might be having they're just going to play hard and, and take pride in what they're doing. Kyle, can you expand on the play of Jalen Johnson and the challenges he's met the last couple of weeks? He's obviously stepped forward. Outstanding. And that's, uh, you know, that is, as I've said so many times, such a weapon for a defensive coordinator to have a, the ability to take something away and know it's going to be taken away. Not hope, but just know it's going to be taken away. And uh, what was a one catch on the little tunnel screen for seven or eight yards, and that was it. That was the extent of the evening. And, and that... Uh, is a tribute to Jalen, but as much as Jalen this particular week, the front four had that quarterback on the run from start to finish, which really helps the secondary out. Along those lines, what uh, statistics do you look at in terms of pass defense and, and why are you doing so well lately? We look at pass defense efficiency. That's that's our number one barometer of, of how we're doing defensively. And the reason is is because you really can't control how often a team throws. If a team's going to throw the ball 50 times, they're going to get 250 yards is just the nature of the beast and so uh, you, what you do is look at what's happening when they do throw it how what's their completion percentage how many yards per attempt uh, touchdown to interception ratio those type of things are what we're looking at uh, when we gauge how we're doing uh, in pass coverage when uh, uh, Zach was kind of knocked out of the game uh, uh, temporarily can you kind of explain what the actual concussion protocol is and how he was cleared to go back in the game uh, well, there's a series of tests. I'm not an expert on it. I know that uh, there's a series of, of uh, you know, some of it's verbal, some questions, and and some things that uh, they they put the the athletes through that are that are suspected of concussion, and uh, kind of like a drunk driving test. I guess you probably wouldn't know about that, but but. Uh, there's, a, there's some similarities there as far as, you know, uh, just dexterity and, and awareness and that type of thing. But you get a lot better answer on that from our trainer than, uh, than I could give you. If I remember right, this is the first year you've had that, the, the injury tent or the medical tent in place. What does that provide you on, in terms of sideline care to help these players? Well, it keeps the TV cameras off the, off the player and allows them to, to uh, assess them and evaluate them without being disturbed and, and uh, not having commentators make, uh, you know, just uh, guesses and, and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on based on what they see on the camera. It's just, more, it's just a more professional way to uh, examine the player and, and uh, not have the distraction of, of uh, outside uh, things going on.
Is there a deeper issue there and why your wife won't let you have HBO? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think there is some some motive, motivation there, but I don't know what it is exactly. But Hasn't been a lot of field goal kicking this year. Uh, is that by design, trust in the offense, and maybe lack of trust in the field goal? What's the situation there? Well, that's a good question because the, the, uh, the attempts have been down. Uh, I think, you know, with our – kicking situation we feel like Jaden Redding is a, is a very accurate kicker from about 48 47 in and uh, we've had uh, a couple fourth downs and I think it was consecutive weeks we're right at the 30 or just slightly inside I think it was a fourth and seven and a fourth and eight in, in back-to-back games and uh, it was just on the you know it's it's all percentages we feel from you know 48 49 he's about 50 50 and uh, you know we had a chance in both those situations to it was a you know could have gone either way, but we decided to go for both of them. Both of them turned out, fortunately, in our favor. But uh, we have no hesitation going to Jaden inside of 30 yards. It's just that we haven't been those – those situations haven't arisen as much as years past. And when we've had Matt Gay and Andy Phillips, when you're on the 30 to all the way to the, about the 36 or 7, that's field goal territory for those guys. And so, you know, Jaden's just a freshman. Maybe, you know, in ensuing years he'll be able to extend the range. But for right now, uh, based on the percentages, we just think he's best from about 47, 48 in. So. The productivity in the run game until the – touchdown run to make it 21. The productivity in the run game hadn't been as good as what you were used to. Some of that's obviously Arizona State, but are there some things you need to fix in that run game with Cal coming up? Well, we didn't hit movement as well for a stretch in the game as, as we usually do. There were some twists and stunts that, that we didn't handle like we should have. Uh, they loaded the box up pretty good, too, at times. There was a lot of uh, zone blitz in there, run zone blitzes, uh, bringing five and you know four under two deep and three under three deep behind it. And so uh, the, and they were, what, second best run defense in the Pac-12 and amongst the top 10 or 12 in the nation, I think, going into the game somewhere up there. And so it, we knew it was going to be tough sledding you know, just in general, but then they did some things that we didn't handle very well in addition to that. Cal, there's been a little separation in the standings, but the fact is you're not even halfway through the conference season. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you're looking at things at this point? There's a lot of football left. Yeah, exactly. That We're not concerned with you know who's playing who yet and who's got to do this and who's got to lose and who's got to win. There's too much football. All we got to do is win this week. Our whole objective and our whole focus is trying to get a win this week. And... and uh, like I said, not not get distracted by anybody else's business. Take care of our own business. When Garbers was playing for Cal, their offense hadn't scored 30 in any of the games. Since he's been out, offense hasn't uh, been in the 20s in any of the games. They've been in the teens. Does that affect your offensive game plan, knowing that their offense hasn't been that prolific? Well, everything affects uh, – both sides of the ball, and we and we talk about that. We have a game management meeting every Friday, and and talk about uh, the exact, you know, preliminary one on Sundays, and then a final one on Saturday on Friday, and and uh, it does play into it, you know, because you know, play Washington State for example. You know, you have to score points most most times you play them. I mean, last game was an anomaly, but but uh, you know, you run, you run the offense. Uh, maybe a little more wide open some weeks because of what you have to do and take a few more risks. Or if you if you think that, that maybe uh, it's going to be a little bit of a more low-scoring game, then that will affect you as well. So, yeah, it does have an impact. Can you just talk about the, the 
Pac-12 and the uh, depth that it has this year. A lot of the lower teams have won games like Oregon State and UCLA, and it seems to be one of the deepest maybe it's ever been. I think it is, and uh, I think it's our one of our greatest strengths and maybe our biggest weakness is that we cannibalize each other, and every week somebody knocks off somebody, and you always hear the term inexplicable win or loss. There is no inexplicable loss in college football, period, let alone the Pac-12. That's It's because it's college football, and you got to be ready to play every week and to say, well, just because a team's favored by a couple touchdowns, how can you explain them losing? It's because of the nature of the game. I mean, there's so much emotion and the matchups, uh, you know, injury factor. I mean, there's just so much that goes on that uh, – and, you know, back to your original point, I think this is more balanced this year than maybe ever. Every week seems like somebody that you had no – expectation of, of, of winning comes up with a win. And so that's just the nature of, of the game. Was there any kind of theme of Bradley's three sacks the other night? And also, has he become a more complete player beyond a pass rusher? Uh, definitely has become a more complete player, and he was never bad against the run. But he's he's uh, kind of like Tyler. He's he's uh, for a senior year, he's playing his best football. He's a complete defensive end. There really is no weakness. He plays the run. He plays the pass. Um, I'm not sure what you meant by theme of his three sacks. What did he do to get those? Oh, he was just he's making outstanding moves on that offensive tackle. Uh, we turned him loose two or three times for inside moves. I think he got a sack or two on the inside move, which you know you, you cover him with a with a D tackle because if you're going to take a chance with the end, you got to have some, some coverage for him. And so, so, again, that goes back to Scally's uh, game plan and the coach's game plan of, of uh, kind of structuring, them for, structuring things for him to uh, have some more freedom. Kyle, you've mentioned your disdain for 8 p.m. kickoffs or just late kickoffs in general. I'm wondering. I really haven't said disdain. No disdain. Everyone asked me when you'd rather kick off. And okay. It, yeah, I get tricked into that a lot. You guys ask me a question, and you make it sound like I brought it up, and it was my thought. But well, my question is: is knowing that you want to get to the game as soon as possible, when you mm-hmm. have an 8 p.m. kick, how does Kyle Whittingham kill 12 hours of time when he wakes up on a Saturday? Work out for about four hours of it. That's the first thing. Uh, Legs an hour, arms an hour, back an hour. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Abs, try to work on my six-pack. But uh, it is. It's challenging now on Saturdays. It's a heck of a lot easier than on a Thursday or Friday because you watch college football in addition to that. I mean, you're watching games all day long, and it's, it's actually can be kind of entertaining some days. But uh, TBS? No. (laughs) No. Gilligan's Island, maybe. But in fact, to show you, to illustrate how old I'm getting, when I was, I love Gilligan's Island. I used to watch it all the time. And Mrs. Howe looked ancient when I used to watch it. I watched it the other day, and she looked young. And I'm thinking, (laughs) seriously, I'm thinking, I I couldn't believe it because it had been a big gap since I'd watched it. And I thought, the lady that used to look really old now looks way younger than me. So anyway, sidebar. Sidebar. There's Kyle Whittingham with the media. When we come back, what is trending? Yes, the Patriots are still undefeated. We'll get to all that coming up. Stay with us.